Welcome to the Rural Sales Show with my dad and host Sinjin Craner. Each week, my dad interviews people who you can learn from like sales and marketing experts, authors and performance coaches to help you and your rural sales team get to the next level. Oh, and make sure you subscribe or rate us on iTunes so you can buy me a motorbike. And now here's my dad. Well, listeners, I have got a real treat for you this week. I have spoken to a, a, a guy um, who I know and privileged to know through through my uh, through my network, through my business coaching group, and his name is Mike Aguilero. And uh, forgive me, Mike, if I haven't pronounced your um, surname there properly. I'm going to put all your details and resources in the show notes, guys. Uh, this guy is next level thinking. Uh, if you are listening. In Australia, particularly where it's been raining a lot, it's been. Uh, this is recorded in uh, November twenty eighth, two thousand twenty two. I asked Mike uh, for some tools on mindset. He's written eighteen books. He's sold two eight million eight figure businesses, I should say, in the last uh, decade. So he's a big thinker. He comes with a lot of authority, a lot of proof, and he just drops just a ton of knowledge on this. I, I honestly, I could have spoken to him for a very, very long time, and he was incredibly generous with his time. Um, so yeah, if you if you're in Australia and it's been raining and it's been flooding and you're just having a hell of a time, and you're in a rut and you just can't see any way through, he he's going to take you through a little exercise and tool, which is also applicable to anyone having a tough time, whether it's in New Zealand or UK or Canada or US, wherever you might be listening to this. And he shares a really amazingly simple but very powerful tool to help you reframe. And we're not talking about positive affirmations here and power poses and all that kind of stuff. Um, he shares some really good he's, – he's an amazing guy around mindset, but he doesn't talk about mindset. He talks about mind growth. And uh, I'll send a lot of resources in here. So very, very grateful for Mike. Um, I would just say – there's so much I could talk about about this podcast, and that's why I'm going on so much. But I would say uh, this is one you don't want to miss. So I'm going to leave you to listen to Mike. We just run over an hour, but I can assure you this will be an hour very, very well spent. So enjoy. Okay, guys, this week we have Mike A uh, on the show. Mike is a very impressive human being. Um, we'll put his name and his show notes and everything that you can get hold of him uh, at the end of the show. And uh, Mike, it's great to have you here. Yeah, super excited to be here with you. Let's uh, let's serve these amazing people. Yeah, awesome. And I love I love the fact you're all about uh, serving people. And you know, I'm very very grateful for you uh, coming on. And Mike, it's one of those ones I I've been looking forward to having a chat with you for a long time. So it's, it's really cool to have you on the show. So Mike, maybe for the listeners, could we, could you start and give us a little bit of a backstory? So they've got some context on you, where you yeah. started, where you've gone to, where, where you've, where you've come to today. Cause I think it's a pretty amazing story. Yeah. Let me share that with everybody. And I'll, I'll kind of keep it frame all of you that are listening. I'll, I'll frame it uh, short enough so you understand it, but but deep enough so maybe you could see yourself within my story. Uh, I've been on my own since I'm 15. I always say I'm a survivor of a divorced uh, family, but I was I was my dad was a mason. So like um, those of you that do hard ranching work or whatever you do, like I get it. I was bred and born into carrying blocks and 
mixing cement. That's why I became an electrician because I was like, this doesn't make sense to keep doing this. Uh, Then I ended up on my own at 15, having to just figure out a lot about life. And, you know, back then there's, you hit a point in school where there's like a conveyor belt, uh, Sinjin, and it's kind of like college, college, you, Mike A, no, 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 no. You're probably a plumber or an electrician, right? So that's my, uh, that's my conveyor belt. Maybe a lot of you listening could relate to that. Worked out pretty good for me uh, after all. And then right out of uh, vocational school where they teach you how to do it, you know, they, they tell you, you're going to be an electrician. You're always going to be busy. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be warm. Like you'll always be comfortable. That is the farthest thing from the truth. The truth is you graduate, you're going to work for a schmuck. Um, you're always going to be cold. You're, you're always going to have insulation down your back. You possibly will get electrocuted every single day. And as hard as you work, nobody will appreciate you. So like they did not tell the truth in, in school. And you know what? I ended up um, working for people. And, you know, there was a point, uh, Sinjin, where I was like, you know what? If these idiots can do it, I can do it. So later realized I started my own company and just became an idiot just like them, right? I had all the belief systems like, uh, Mm -hmm. you got to work really hard to make money and everyone's a thief and no one's ever going to work hard for you and all these stories and stories and stories. Mm -hmm. And uh, to shorten the gap for you guys, like, look, um, I struggled for 10 to 12 years in my own business. And, and I know this might sound like for some of the listeners, like the, you know, your parents, they walked 42 miles in the snow with one leg and barefoot. But really, <laughs> it's like that. It's, it's 15, 18 hours a day. And I'm sure the listeners can relate. It is seven days a week. Yeah. And actually, for a point, um, I'll tell you, like, I almost became a professional liar. And I'll show what that is, because like, There's a point where my wife and I've been with my beautiful wife, Jennifer, since we're 15 and I'm level, I'm level 52 now. I don't know why anybody would say 52 years old. I'm like, I'm level 52 as I go. I'm going to unpack that soon while you use those particular words. Keep going, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stronger, faster, quicker, tougher than I've ever been. And, but like my wife would check in with me like, Hey, you know, what time are you going to be home? And I would say, Oh, in, in a little while. And then like hours would go by and she'd be like, when are you going to be home? And I'm like, pretty soon. And then again, hours later, when are you going to be home? I'm like, we're getting close, right? So like I became a professional just liar because one, just trying to survive. And Mm. um, in our world, in the US where I'm at, like the owner, if you don't work to make money, there's no support system for you. Everyone else, their support system, but you, the owner- if you have no work, it's like you're going to suffer. Um, I finally figured it out, Sinjin, uh, and I didn't figure it out by osmosis or enlightenment. Um, one of the big things that hit me is, and I tell a story all the time, you know, we had our first child. Now now he's 23, so this is a long time ago. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's quicker than me, he's taller. Um, but I remember when he was born, I went home, And my wife was still in the hospital. I was putting together one of these like gliding rocking chairs so she could do the whole breastfeeding thing and stuff. I get it together and I sit in it. I'm like, okay, this is good. And I break down crying. 
and I am just mm. a wreck and I'm thinking I'm becoming just like my dad. Mm. I, I'm going to work a billion hours. I'm not going to be home. I'm going to miss things in their life. Um, now my dad's one of the hardest working people in the world, but he's missed a whole lot of stuff and I'm just yeah. breaking out. So that was, that was a big turning point for me to say, mm. you, you have a choice and you better figure this out. And the solution was, investing. I don't know where the enlightenment came from. I was like, wait a minute, there's gotta be someone in the world that knows how to do this. Mm. And I don't know if you know the story of, uh, burning the boats, but yeah, I do. I love it. Yeah. I was like, you know what, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take my gold American express card and I'm going to buy a bunch of training, a bunch of software, a bunch of people. And I put more on that credit card that I don't know why they let you do that. And I was jumping off a cliff and said, I'm going to land on my feet. And then uh, how it worked out for me, I went from under a million dollars to over 32 million in 10 years. Now that's not like adding it all up. Yeah. We did 32 million in 2017. I had 200 Mm -hmm. employees. So I figured out how to hire people, keep people, create a culture. Um, we had trucks, right? So our vehicles and maybe in parts of the world, maybe they call them electricians or tradies. And yep. so the truck to drive them there, I had 165 vehicles. And um, in 2017, I sold that company, not because I didn't love it, because uh, in 2014, Sinjin, I started to, maybe like yourself, I started to see that I was winning and all my friends in the trades were not winning. So I'd be like, mm. hey, how's everything going? I got 100 mm. trucks and I got all these people. And they're like, yeah, I'm starving. I can't hire anybody. And so I made a decision to start another company called CEO Warrior. And mm. that was a company to help um, majority plumbers, HVAC electricians, teach them how to grow a company. And I grew that really big. We did over 40 million in services. I changed the industry. Uh, in the last couple of years alone, we created over 30 DECA millionaires. And in 2020, I got that calling again that um, through this pandemic, uh, Sinjin, people were really suffering. Um, yeah, same. Relationships are yeah. separating. Um, yeah. People are, are their, their health is disintegrating, yeah. their businesses. And so spoke to my wife and I'm like, hey, I love this business I'm doing of helping trade people, mm. but like the world needs us to do stuff now. So I sold that company in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And then we started a company called Food Dog Group, F-U-D-O-G Group. And a food dog, a lot of people don't know what a food dog is. It's these, if you ever seen these big emperor castles Outside of them, there's like two of these lion dogs, yes. a male and a female. These are called mm. uh, food dogs. Mm. And so we started a personal development company to teach people how to get their mind back, how to get their body back, how to get their relationships back, how to, how to get their friendships back, and how to really start to not only appreciate, but love life again. And that takes you to, I am so honored to be here with everybody because um, we have our focus, which is to impact a million people or more in a decade or less in a hundred countries or more. And you're helping me do that. So I'm honored to be here. Uh, Mike, that's awesome, man. I mean, I've read about you. We're in a similar kind of business group where a 
got got through to you, although you're um, you're miles ahead of me. And uh, I read one of your books, Mind Power, which I'm just sort of holding up now. We're going to maybe dissect that a wee bit. There's a lot to unpack in there, Mike, but I'm 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 up for this. So uh, my first question is because you, you actually asked one of my first questions around the defining or turning point for you. So when your wife was in hospital with your first child, your son, and you had that breakdown, that meltdown, that burn, it was what was it because you just and you and you said you felt like you reminded of your father or you saw echoes of that or, or what, tell me uh-huh. could you unpack that if you if you would if you were able yeah you know like uh, breakdowns are to breakthroughs right as long mm-hmm. as you as long as you dig into it and as i was sitting there in that rocking chair i was experiencing one um all the things that i i wanted my dad to be there for Mm. And in, in moments I'm reflecting that I was bred to be like him, which, um, I just sent him a message the other day that he was the perfect dad because, uh, he taught me how to be tough and strong. Mm. And, but I also learned that, wait a second, is that the life? And my wife and I made a decision years ago that we wanted to break the cycles, break the Mm. cycles. And and Mm. we're together since we're 15. So if you put the years Mm. together, it's probably over 37 years, over three decades, because Mm. we're constantly still fighting to break, uh, break the cycles. And, and that was really a defining point. Like, like, Hey, what, what am I willing to do? And if you're not willing to change, then you have to be willing to suffer. That's, that's it. And I am a believer suffering is a choice. My yeah. instructor, I, I'm doing, uh, I don't know if any of the listeners, but I'm, I'm doing martial arts for over 37 years. Um, mm. Another defining moment when I was 15, I got jumped by five gang members and I made a decision that would never happen to me uh, <laughs> again in this lifetime. And my instructor said something, and I think it's a good story for the listeners. He said, um, the farmer in the field, he said, they're cutting rice and they have these things called comma. It's like a sickle. Yeah, cutting down rice all day, Mm. 15 hours a day in the heat and the dust. He says, is that guy miserable or is he excited? And I said, he's got to be miserable all day. He's cutting. And he goes, Mm. no, no, no. He said, that guy wasn't miserable. Every single cut, he was practicing a sword stroke to become a master. Mm. And in that moment, my whole life changed in one story on how you look at every single thing you're doing. Are you doing it as a consequence or what I call today through martial arts, we call it quality of motion. Quality yeah. of motion is where you embrace everything you're doing to take it to the point of mastery. Now, Sinjin, people are confused because they think mastery, you know, the Kung Fu movie, with the guy yeah. with the beard, that's yeah. what they think. But mastery is nothing more than being better tomorrow than you are today by choice. That's mastery. The willing to want to improve the little things. And so I know that's a long answer to 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 the breakthrough, but like it's always everybody, it's always the connected pieces. My dad is a guy who... Is like, you know, who I am, this is what I am. He's from that kind of beginning, that that that, that later industrial age. Like mm. he didn't, they didn't think 
I remember my dad telling me when I was a kid, well, first he used to remind me he doesn't own the utility. He doesn't own the electric company. Shut the damn lights off, right? Mm. And then the other thing he used to tell me is, um, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. (laughs) And then when I hit about probably 10 or 15 million, I went to him and I said, that was completely wrong. He Mm. goes, what do you mean? I said, well, Mm. if I owned lemon trees, orange trees, apple trees, and I picked it, I said, that's money. I said, Mm. money does grow on trees. And he told me something, a very big turning point. He said, I just taught you what my dad taught me and his dad taught him. Mm. So you were breaking the cycle, Mike. Yeah. Do you know the story of the ham? You've heard that story of the ham? Please please share it. So there's a lot of versions. I'll give you mine. And, And the listeners... This is going to be one of those episodes where it's like things are going to click and they're going to be messaging you saying it's clicking. I know it's going to. So it's uh, which is good because in the U.S. we just had Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, you did. um, The ham, the ham comes out and the the ends, you know, like ham, the ends are cut off. So the daughter says to the mom, hey, mom, like, why do we always cut the the ends off the ham? And she goes, I don't know. You got to go ask grandma. So she goes over to grandma. Grandma, why are the ends cut off the ham? Grandma goes, that's how we always did it. That's how we'll Mm -hmm. always do it. She goes, yeah, but I don't understand. Why do we do it? She goes, go ask great, great grandma. Great grandma sitting on the couch. She's all, you know, old sitting there looking at everybody and says, great, great grandma. Why do we cut the ends off the ham? She goes, well, Long time ago, there was only really small pans and the ham wouldn't fit. So we would cut the ends off it. Yeah. Now, there's a big metaphor there now, isn't it? How many people are still cutting the ends off the ham, but we have big ovens and big stoves? That's the part of the mind that people don't realize. When you change that, that's how I live my whole life. I say, how do we do things and how should we consider doing them today? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're just a robot. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And then you get, uh, and, and using an agriculture term, the law of diminishing returns. If you grow the same crop in the same paddock, as we call it down here in NZ in Australia, you get a decreasing yield. Yeah. So you have to have rest and recovery in that uh, paddock to restore the nutrients of the soil to then get a better grass response, or it's lucerne, or barley, or winter wheat, or canola, cotton, whatever you're growing. So, yeah, 100% on that. And, um, you know, that sort of self-limiting, oh, that's the way you've always done things. And, again, for you, might also for listeners, they know this. So this is actually very relevant. It resonates very well with them in terms of the, the parallels and the metaphors. Is that often in farming, um, you know, we have listeners that will be selling new technology, new agri-technology, uh, irrigation, precision ag, drip, you know, really, really precise spatial satellite, water irrigation, um, you know, uh, fertilizer, AGCHEM, all those sorts of things. And and the farmers generally will be pretty resistant to it because dad and granddad and great-granddad just did, you know, the uh, what we call down here, like the um, perennial ryegrass white clover mix, you know, the brew. And they just do the same thing again and again and again. And, of course, you don't need to be Einstein to work out. If you keep doing the same thing again and again, you'll get what you've always got. And what happens is you get a law of diminishing returns, right? Yeah. And, and everybody should make sure you have a pen and paper for this episode while you're listening and, and write this down. Um, energy is everything and everything is energy. Love it. Now, 
How many times through history have you heard that, you know, there wasn't enough rain for the crops, but then there's a point of ultimate intention where people sit there and it's happened throughout history where someone goes in the field and pretty much demands rain. They see rain Mm. and then a storm comes. Mm. Well, you see, crops are no different than people, no different than this pen. It's all energy. Mm. And step one of creating anything, growing anything, building anything, healing anything, is always going to be the intention and thought that creates. And they did a study on this. A guy did a study on the, the mind energy and how it can change the molecular structure of water. (laughs) And what they did was they had a a pond on the other side of the earth and they took a magnifying glass and looked at it and all the water was like dark and cells were clustered. And they took a bunch of people to meditate and focus on that water and say that they're going to heal this water and clean this water. And now they're across the world calling back going, it's changing. (laughs) Now, if it changes the molecular structure of water, now, wait a minute. A man is 70% water. Women are about 65% water. And if you have negative thoughts, then that water inside of you is probably creating a dislodge. And then you're creating the belief that this new technology is bad and these crops can't grow and this thing's no good. And that, and anytime you define something as right or wrong or good or bad or positive or negative, you know, they don't exist just, you know. Only the definition you give it exists. There Mm -hmm. is no positive and negative. It's only Mm -hmm. the definition you choose because one person, I always give this example, a tsunami, big Mm -hmm. wave comes in, kills 100,000 people, Mm -hmm. good or bad. People go, it's so bad. It's so bad. I said, but wait a minute. If that never happened and it was five years from now, it would have killed 1 million. Is that good or bad? Oh, Now they don't know what to say Mm. because yeah, it may not feel good, but the fact that it happened, it allow us to put systems in place. So if it ever happened again, it would save millions. So it's interesting when people try to define these things, that's right. That's wrong. That's good. That's bad. Mm. Mm. If you just step back a minute and look at it through a different set of lenses, you go, hang on a minute. Maybe I'm missing a whole land of possibility based on the framing of my thoughts, right? Yeah, yeah, that's messed down, everybody. Ready, Sinjin? Everybody should write this down. When you say something or you think of something, you should ask yourself one question. Whose thought is that? Is that your thought, your dad's thought, your mom's thought, great-grandpa's thought, the government's thought? Whose thought is that? And the minute you say to yourself, wait a second, that's my dad's thought. The second thing is, do you want your dad's thought? Is that the thought you want? And you go, no, I don't want that thought no more. I don't want to believe that you have to, if you're a rancher or a farmer, you must struggle. You must be broke. You must must fight against or fight with the bigger one. No, 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 no. That's someone else's thought. Do you want that thought? Because if you take on the thought, you take on what we call the vibration of the thought and you get the creation of that thought. Yeah. And and some people tell me, they go, you know what? They say, Mike, that's a whole bunch of 
you know, crap. You can swear if you want. <laughs> There's plenty of language on these podcasts, yeah. Try it on and prove me wrong. Mm. If I'm wrong, I will listen to you. I will learn from you. Show me. But I will mm. tell you time and time again, Sinjin, when people think different, they create different. Yeah, hundred. Mike, I think for the for the listeners, that is a very important thing. There's a heap I've just picked up on there, but like, I mean, again, I've got this. I got this book uh, from you, and I read it. I read it very easily in one um, one evening, quietly, even when the kids are down. And I think I messaged you, and I said I'd read it. And you said on page twelve on Mind Power, we put a link to the book. It said, "You say if you can't control your mind and harness its power." you'll never be able to control the outcome of your life. That's right. That really popped for me because the reason I got you on is I know you're a big, big thinker, big on the mind, massive on service, love the story of impact and growing it and knowing that the world needs those big, big goals that you, you and Jennifer have got is this is leads to my next question is there's, um, over in Australia, where we've got some listeners, there's some farmers going through hell at the moment because it's raining and it has not stopped raining for months. Now, Australia, as you know, is a pretty dry country. Yeah. We've had a one in 50-year flood. I use the Royal Collective We, and I'm very privileged um, and, and grateful. I've got clients there that serve those farmers, and they are having a really, really tough time. Now, obviously, farmers, as you know, there's a lot of discussion, I don't know, a lot of the networks here, you know, around um, rural well-being. They're very remote. It's pretty tough. They don't talk to many people. They stay in their own mind. And yeah. and, and and just something to jump in as well, I was reading another book, um, excuse the language here, but Unfuck Yourself, which is a book that I've just, and I was reading it this morning before the kids get up because that's my ritual. And you were using some very, very, because you were very deliberate in your language for good reason. So I'm, I'm listening to you. And you talked about, being willing and that's something that's really interesting around willing to take not should of could of would of and we'll get into that but what i wanted to say was the gift i think you can give some of these people that are serving these farmers that are under the pump at the moment is what would you be saying to them because literally it has not stopped raining and they have had crops ruined there have been suicides there's a lot, a lot of pressure on the rural mental services in Australia. We, we've had yeah. the same here in New Zealand. We've had droughts. We've had floods. And, and obviously we know climate change, I, I believe, is a real thing, and, and we're seeing that happen. Yeah. What would you say in terms of that whole, because you are, you are very masterful at this, what would you say around the whole mindset of yeah. resilience? And sorry, Mike, to make the question longer, is I've listened to a lot of podcasts where you've got some very clever ladies and gentlemen who are professors, neuroscientists, neurologists, they talk about the amygdala and, and, and uh, you know, the secretion of neurotransmitters and everything else. But in layman's terms, yeah, what would you say to those guys and girls that are really feeling it right now and can't see the end because literally they say it's going to rain till Christmas and yeah. Yeah. they've lost a lot? What would you say to them? Here's the thing. Um, if you want to free yourself from – um, pain in situations like this, you need to see the upsides against the downside until it's equal. Yeah. If you could only see the downsides, you'll put yourself into a state of uh, depression. Yeah. If you can see the upsides to the downsides, well, let's let's take something that I would think is could be 
I don't even want to say equally, um, and maybe I'm talking at a turn, but I'll say worse than that situation of rain, a pandemic. Yeah, cool. Excellent. It doesn't get any stronger than that. Very but good now let's look at all the upsides of a pandemic. Um, it taught people to to think about the, the the thing about a pandemic is people made a clear decision of how they want to live and not live. Did you notice that people are like, I'm not living in a small house. I'm not going to live with stress because all of a sudden the the thing of life could be short was, um, was prevalent right there. Mm. And then, but if you also look at another upside, like I had COVID twice, what was the upside for me? My immune system did its job. I'm healthy. I, my mind told me I could cure. What's a, what's another upside? So when you look at the upsides, what's a downside? Hey, I lost, um, you know, I lost five relatives in 30 days, all Mm. of them under the age of 70. Okay. What was the upside of those? It made me really, really appreciate life. Right. Mm. Now, Mm. when you look at this rain, the storms or droughts or tornadoes or hurricanes Mm. or earthquakes Mm. or anything, you have to say to yourself, let me look at both sides until they're equal, till they're equal. And I'm a big believer that things that are happening in people's life is a is is a reflection of the inside happening on the outside. Mm. And we it's called, uh, you know homeostasis, homeostasis. My wife and I always ask ourselves, like things are going great. And then all of a sudden there's this left (laughs) field thing that comes out that and my wife normally looks at me and goes, what did you do that we have to be neutralized for? I don't know. (laughs) And so, you know, and I think the other thing is you have to remember it's the framing of that. I think it's the only thing I could do. It's the only way I could live. But on the flip side, you know, some guy made a decision. Oh, and I'll share a story that I know a lot might know. Somebody decided to take a rock, put two eyes and hair on it and sell it as what they call the pet rock and make millions of dollars selling a rock. <laughs> now, if someone could sell a rock, you have to ask yourself, Am I so stuck in this situation? I just can't see a different opportunity, not the same opportunity. Now, I'm sure the listeners, do, would they know the story, Acres of Diamonds? Would they know um, that? I, I think, um, um, I forgot the name, Phil, but I know, please remind me. I've, I've read it in one of his books, but please, please. Um, I'll, share give, I'll give my short version of it, and there's many right. versions, right. but it will apply to ranchers and farmers. And um so this guy is, he owns a farm and he's searching for diamonds and he can't find it. He tells his wife, I'm going on a journey. I'm going to go find diamonds. He never comes back. Um, a guy comes to the farm one day and sees the wife and says, hey, is, is Bob here? And she goes, Bob left, look for diamonds, never came back. I'm pretty sure Bob's gone. And she invites him and in, come in, get a cup of tea. And he walk and he's waiting for a cup of tea and he's looking all the pictures of his friend, a fellow farmer. Mm -hmm. And as he turns, he knocks this rock off the mantle. It's big rock and it falls and it breaks and he goes, Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll clean it up. And he starts cleaning. I got chills when I tell a story, he starts cleaning up Mm -hmm. and he goes, 
oh my goodness, where is this rock from? And she's getting the T-Ray. She goes, oh, that rock was in the backyard. Bob found it and he thought it was so unique. He put it on the mantle. She goes to the wife. He goes, it's all diamonds. It's (laughs) all diamonds. So acres of diamonds is sometimes we're on a quest for something looking so stuck in the situation. There's diamonds right there. Now, let me give you one more story that I think um, applies to people like me and everybody listening. So another guy walks up to his friend, different guy, and he pulls up. Hey, how you doing? They're talking. He's sitting and a guy's rocking in his chair on the porch. Long day of work, right? Working out in the field. You know, to rub. my hands used to, just so all the listeners know, my hands used to be tough. Yeah. Now that I use a screwdriver, I, I literally got a little cut here from paper. It's pathetic. All yeah, you yeah. just know my hands that <laughs> used to be calloused are, are, are soft now. That, not good. But he's talking to his friend. His friend's rocking. He's looking at the dog. The dog, Sinjin's laying on the nail. Hmm. So he's talking to his friend. He keeps looking at the dog. The dog's laying on this damn nail. So he goes to his friend. Hey, I got to ask you a question, man. Why the hell's your dog laying on the nail? He goes, oh, don't you worry about him. He got used to laying on the nail. (laughs) He got used to laying on the nail. So you have to ask yourself with rains or storms. You know, my wife said to me through this pandemic and food shortages, she had concerns about, well, you know, will there be a day when I said, well, first off, the ocean is right there. Pretty sure there's a whale, a dolphin, a fish, a crab. We'll eat something. But I told my wife, and I, I want people to maybe think. I said, babe, if there's a day there's literally no food, I will cut flesh off my arm, sear it, and feed it to you until one arm's gone. You'll never have to worry. Now, that's a state of having the ability to have so much endurance and strength that you can look past the pain and suffering and go, there's always a way. And with the internet today, and I get it, these guys are in rural areas, but there's also satellites in space that allow us to connect universally from people, like people in the rainforest with shit through their nose and spears have iPhones, (laughs) which means there is a possibility to find something, do something, solve something, think of something, You just have to be willing to step out of this is how we always did it. And the other thing is, you know, in my industry, Sinjin, um, in the service industry, they would call it the shoulder season. It was the season between summer and winter where you would get real busy in the summer and real slow, real busy in the winter and real slow. And, And I said to myself one time, I said, wait a minute. If every year for the last thousand years, we knew that it gets hot and cold, why are we still suffering? (laughs) There must be a solution. Mm -hmm. I put a solution and people would say to me, oh, you know the shoulder season. I said, no, I don't know that because I knew that it happened every year. I prepared for it. I got ready for it. And I think when you go back, right, there's there's also – conflicting belief systems, right? Uh, I go to church on Sunday and I'm not here to preach. If someone does or doesn't do things, I go there, I pray, but all of a sudden 
I'm mad because it's raining. It's like you can't have selective belief, man. Like you either <laughs> believe it's for a reason or you believe it's not. And mm-hmm. I'm not – look, everybody listening – don't don't be sending me Facebook uh, middle finger uh, emojis and shit. <laughs> I love you. I'm rooting for you. I just want you to have a slightly different way to think. Like, wait a second. If it was the last thing on earth and I had to solve it, if you knew your family is starving, you have a choice. They will starve or you'll solve it. And guess what? Some people, unfortunately, are are gonna they're they're gonna give up. Yep. And some people like Noah's Ark are going to build a fucking ark and put animals yep. on the thing. You yep. get to choose. And I would, Im- I would imagine a majority of probably men, my industry was a majority of men. So I'm going to call it as mm. I see it. Mm. The time to step up is the time of struggle, not the time of pleasure. Anybody could be a winner in pleasure. Warriors. And that's why I built my company called CEO Warrior. It was called you're either average or a warrior. And, and when you talk about service people, farmers, ranchers, you're talking about the root of planet Earth. Mm. Well, you got to step and act like it sometimes. Because if the world does turn to shit, all these paper puppets, they can't do nothing, man. It's nice. the hardworking people. So don't forget what you're built of. You were probably forged into a strong vehicle by your parents, by your grandparents. And what would, and we think, right? We think this is whatever anybody's going through in the world. You think it's tough. You're probably shitting in a toilet bowl and beep this stuff out. If you have to, you probably, carry on. you're not, you're not lighting a candle walking outside. You probably got a car. You're yeah. probably eating pretty good. And you probably play angry birds on your damn cell phone. So my question <laughs> is, Think back 150 years to your relatives moving mm. the outhouse, crapping in a hole, in a candle, with a draft, pissing in a pan, and then yeah. tell me how hard you think it really is. Because in this earth today, not that – and there is some people in the world that are crapping in a hole, and they probably do – can relate to hard and they're starving. But most of the world, Sinjin, no. This is just another growth opportunity to test you and see if you'll expand and step up to what it takes. And look, I've been on my own since I'm 15. I know what it's like to go to the store. And in the U.S., they call them uh, ramen noodles. It's a little bag of like crispy shit. You mm. put a hot water on it, it makes noodles, and you get five for like a dollar. And I used you to get two-minute noodles. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah, very a quarter each. And then I would say, she'd say, how many in the bag? I go, five. I jammed eight of them in there because I couldn't afford to pay the other three. So like, mm. I get what it takes to feel lonely and hungry and concerned. And I also know how it feels when I snap myself forward and go, you know what? It's time for you to rise to the occasion because your family's counting on you. And whatever mm. that takes, I don't care if you got to dig holes and find gold. I don't care if you have to relocate dirt. I don't care if your ass got to relocate and go work somewhere else and come back. There is always a way to win when you get past your own mind restrictions. Oh, Mike, so good. And what I love, I mean, I've been scribbling away as well, and I encourage the listeners to do this as well, and we will remind them in the intro is 
I love you talk about the time to step up is in the time of struggle. And then I would add to that in my own naive way, it's not the time is not to step up in the time of comfort. And so the struggle's good because it separates the weak from the from the strong, right? And and where I agree with you wholeheartedly is I always believe you either take action or you get acted upon. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then I heard again that word again, willing. You're willing to get past yourself. Yeah. And your own kind of what you said, you know, your constricted set of limiting beliefs. And I'm probably not paraphrasing you accurately there, but basically you can choose, you know, it's the whole Victor Frankl thing. You can choose to take and respond or react and go, right, okay, so is it, you know, am I going to give this best version of me when it's not the best situation? And am I going to rise and stand up to this? You know, and even in COVID here in New Zealand, we had one of the strictest lockdowns in the world. Very, very hard. And I put up in the garage where I was working out, which was pretty cold, but not, I wasn't shitting in the back and with a lantern and all that kind of stuff. But, no. you know, I'm, I'm a gregarious guy. I like being around people, right? They energize me. And I put on it and everyone thought I was mad. I, I put one piece of paper and just picked it up, the clothes pegs, and I said, what can I learn from this? And I took an attitude of what is this teaching me and what can I learn from it? And then for the listeners, point as well because i want to be talking about me i want to be talking about you is i love this for these listeners talking around doing that exercise that mike's outlined there of looking at the upsides and the downsides and comparing both sides until they're equal i think that is an absolute gift in terms of looking at something that's really really tough and you're going right what am i going to learn from this so you know with covid we learned that actually zoom is a really fucking great tool and connecting with people and your health is really really important and my god we can we can create vaccines in a year flat and 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 and, you know and working from home was okay and community was really important and well-being was really important so we learned so much even though there were a lot of downsides and what i love the way you think mike and why you're on this show is the way you think the way you think and the way more importantly you frame don't you you frame you you think differently and that's not just a sort of you know Apple slogan throw away there that you look at things very, very differently. Again, you know, when I read the book and, you know, I, I, I love it that we're talking about this because mindset is so talked about, isn't it? It's so many talk, talk about it and the mind power and everything else. But really, if you can master your mind, you, you know, you change your mind, you change your life, right? Yeah. And, and you know, even the term mindset, Mm. Like, um, I tell people, like, if you took concrete and poured it in your mind, it would be set. Why they're listening here is not for mindset. It's for mind growth. Yeah, good. You want a new way of growing your thinking process beyond the process that you have right now. I mean, look, when when the pandemic came in, um, you have to understand, like, I was working with thousands of contractors Mm. that all thought they were going to die and suffer and struggle. And I immediately said to myself, this can't happen. I refuse. And I, I use this in recessions. I've used it a couple of times in my life. I said, I refuse to participate in this situation. <laughs> like Sam Walton from Walmart. Is that what he um, said? He said, I refuse. I'm probably not quoting. I refuse to uh, participate in this recession. Yeah, I did that in 2008. They said it was the closest thing in the U.S. to a Great Depression. 
And I made at least a million dollars a year and I never had a down year, never had a flat year. And the same thing with the pandemic. I said, I refuse to participate in this. I refuse to have anybody suffer. The industry as a whole was down anywhere from 27 to 60%. My people that were in my group were up 30, all the way up to 600%. They've had their greatest years in history through the pandemic, one of the scariest times in the world, because I jumped in. Now, um, people are going to follow the leader. If the leader becomes weak and beaten, uh, um, then that's going to be the results. Everybody's going to follow you. And if the leader becomes strong and focused, everybody will follow. And and this time in the world as as a whole, because the pandemic taught, uh, taught us what global, really a global connection to a situation will be like. It touched everywhere almost on the planet. Mm. and But it also taught us that relentlessness um, is, is not a word. It's something to take on and live with. Like I told everybody, even going into 2023, like I've been physically getting my body, my mind and my spirit ready because I do know that turbulence can come over the next couple of years, especially in the US, but it's okay. It's only a problem when you're not training your mind, your body and your spirit. And remember, your body will follow your mind. The body is such an in, the, the body is such an interesting thing. Let me teach everybody something here that should be pretty fascinating. If if you go in the mirror every day, which most people can't even remember seeing themselves in the mirror this morning. <laughs> if I said, think about what you said to yourself in the mirror, they go, I don't even remember looking. But you did. You brushed your teeth. You probably washed your face um, because people have been trained to look away. And when they do look, they don't see um, the perfection part. They see the imperfections. And if you take your body and you sit there and look at it and you go, oh, my my stomach is fat and this is fat, the body, the mind will tell the body, oh, you you don't like that? I'll give you a tumor and we'll see if we could kill it. See, when the mind tells itself that it doesn't, you tell it you don't like something, it wants to remove you from it. It wants to kill your own body. That's why they call it disease, dis-ease. Dis meaning not whole, not loving, not caring. And anything the mind decides that it does not love, it will kill. Mm. And that is very, that's very, it's just like this. I mean, how many people do you know? It's a great easy example. How many people do you know that lost weight? maybe in yourself, but how many people have gained it back with a vengeance, right? You lost 10, you gained back 20. Well, let's Mm. just look at it for a moment. The mind, you're like, I lost 10 pounds. The mind goes, oh shit, man. Like, I don't want to, you lost something. Let me help you find it and give you more. Now, if Mm. I tell my mind, I released 10 pounds, the mind goes, oh, Okay, you let it go. You don't need it no more. Mm. Distinction and wording can mm. change. And the the body follows the mind. It's, mm. it's, it's scientifically proven, but nobody's teaching this. So you don't understand. It's the same thing. Like if I, if I drink something and think, 
this is bad, this is evil, guess what? It's going to toxify your inside. If I drink, knowing what I taught everybody at the beginning about the cellular structure of water, if I sit here for a moment and just say to myself, this water, this water is filled with healing cells, positive energy, right? Vibration, light. And I drink this, that's the cells that are going in my body. It's how it works. People don't understand the universal structure of existence of what's happening here. Yeah. You take a slug of that good water while I, um, while I focus on that, because uh, the other thing I picked up on is I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a spiritual guy. I'm, I'm age 48 and I, I read well, I exercise, I just, you know, did a big workout before we got on, it's like a bit of protein, have some tuna and rice, I've had lunch, it's here in New Zealand in afternoon time, evening where you are, um, you're in Brooklyn, is that right? Uh, New Jersey. New Jersey, forgive me, Mike. Um, and, um, you know, like, the, the thing I was going to talk about is that sort of like, that energy vibration. I remember reading a book, You're a Badass by Jen, can't remember her surname, it's some books behind me. And she talked about, you know, the energy you put out there is the energy you get back and your vibration, you know, you know, and it's that whole thing, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. And I think what you're reminded listeners of is you can doomsday scroll. I was talking, I was talking to a guy at the gym, I can't remember, or it was at a concert or something else. And he said, oh, the news is so negative. It's so negative right now. I said, well, why are you listening to it? Just cut the news out because they they set a negative agenda, a negative bias to get people to listen to it because of the law of loss aversion, right? So what I'm saying is your energy, and as you're validating here much better than I am, is you know what, what you think you create. You are what you think, right? Yeah. And you are what you choose. I can... I could watch the news every day and it won't affect me because <laughs> I choose to yeah. have a filter to allow in what served me. Somebody, this is, you know, this is hilarious. So this just happened uh, months ago, four months ago. Um, somebody, they always want to ask me, what's your morning routine? Like I, you know, they think I'm the guy that gets up at four in the morning and I <laughs> dip in cold water and I meditate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You have no idea. Like, <laughs> I wake up when my body wakes up. Yeah. Normally, it's around 6.37. I roll over. I open my eyes. I grab my cell phone. I normally look through Facebook. And someone said to me, you know, it's proven, man, that, you know, looking at Facebook in the morning affects your results. So I asked the guy, said, how is your business doing? He goes, it's horrible. Now, I sold two high eight-figure businesses the last five years. You know what I told him? I said, you should start looking at fucking Facebook in the morning <laughs> because what you're believing sounds good, but is it, I always say, is that true? Is it true for me? I scroll. I don't consume the vibration that I don't want to consume. I only consume the vibrations I choose to consume. So if I see bad things that affect me, I go, hold on, don't allow that in. Don't let it plant a seed in my brain. And I say to myself, well, wait a second. What's the upside to this? What's the downside to this? And immediately I can neutralize every single thing. So a lot of people, um, and I get it, you can't, you, you probably can't do that unless you've been trained and understand the concept. So if you don't understand it, like my mom, she watches the news all the time. She's in a constant state of worry and concern. And like, you know, I'm like, mom, you probably should not watch it. 
right? Because yeah. she doesn't know how to process it. Yeah. Um, but she keeps watching it, you know? It's like one of those things, like, look away already. Just look away, you know? Um, I think because I was looking for something as you're talking to me around that whole it was something I read because I often I'm one of these geeks that takes pictures of I've got my phone is full of random pictures of books with underlines on it and then I'll put them in the, my Facebook group or we'll talk about them and I love all these concepts could talk for hours you might but we won't we will respect your time and what you're talking about is this there's not an information issue there's a filter issue and your filter is obviously based on your belief right so what drives you, what, what makes you, what's meaningful, what matters most, and does it serve you, does it not serve you? You are obviously, because, you know, I've read and I've listened to you on podcasts and followed you a wee bit and read some, you know, you're incredibly disciplined. Now, what I wanted to get to, because conscious of time, I want to respect your time, is you said something very, very clever, I thought, and sorry to piss in your pocket so much, but I'm I'm very grateful and I love what you're sharing here and how generous you're being, is you said, you know, you know, when you hear around in our communities, oh, like you've got to 10x your business, yeah. and which you've done, right? And you've done it, you've done it twice, selling two eight-figure businesses in some pretty tough times. You said, and forgive me if I'm not quoting you right, you said before you 10x your business, you have to 10x yourself. You have to 20x yourself. Well, there you go, even better. See, I told you I wouldn't get it right. No, no so, one's telling people that. Everybody's running around 10x, 10x, 10x. Mm. And um after I sold my second company, I started to sit back and think about things. And I said, wait a minute. You know, it's like think and grow rich, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I was speaking to 3,000 people. And I said to them, who's read the book, Think and Grow Rich? All the hands go up. They got the badge of honor. Yeah. I read yeah. the book. Yeah. So I said, wait a minute. Now, if you're rich, keep your hand up. If you're not, put it down. 99% of the hands come up. There's a few random hands. I said, okay, now wait a second. I don't know if it's the wrong book, but it could be the wrong thinking behind the book for you. Mm. So as I started to put it together, I said, wait a minute. Nobody could 10X anything unless they 20X themselves. Yeah. And people are not sharing that. So they're they're giving you a pipe dream of what's possible when they have to tell you. And, and it's like me for, you know, the space I'm in now, I'm not in just the peak performance space. I'm redefining peak performance forever. There's a big difference distinction in there. Like you're, you're not in the space of ham, help, helping ranchers. Farm. You're redefining how ranchers and farmers and these people could live. And that's a very big difference when you you step into that light and say to yourself, there is no turning back here. This is what I'm going to do. And since I've been teaching that 20X concept, people are evolving their thinking and now they're scaling everything they want, relationships, wealth, businesses, faster than they've ever thought possible. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. by that new distinction of yes, I do need to up-level my software system, my thinking system, my ability on on what I do, how I do, when I do, where I do, who I do it with. You've probably heard this before because it's famous. People said it. They said, um, you know, you're like the five people you surround yourself with. Jim Rohn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Jim Rohn was pretty smart. But let me tell you what I think really smart is. 
Well, first off, I don't think if Jim Rohn put me around five broke ass people, you think I become broke? No, 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 no. <laughs> they become wealthy. Yes, so true. Mike. So wait a second. So maybe the whole phrase is wrong. What about this is maybe the truth? It's not who you're around. It's how you're around them. Mm. Now, I think that's a different truth. Now, Jim Rohn, probably, maybe he's like smiling right now at me, like, yes, <laughs> new distinction, new thinking. But it's only because I asked myself, that was probably his truth. Yeah. But it's not my truth. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be my truth. See, in my world, I help create people into people that can think through things to help them. I don't tell anybody to do anything. I share with them a belief system, a thought to consider, to put through their own process and allow their own awakenings and evolution to happen. And then boom, 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 everything starts to align for them. And then I'm getting Facebook messages going, holy crap, I listened to this thing. And then a check showed up and then the rain stopped and then the crops were like, it, it just happens. And I say, look, and just like you, I'm not, I, I am a universally understood human. I understand do, do, you know, and I don't even think my, my mom said to me one day, she says, you know, do on to others as they do unto you. I said, no, that's shitty. I believe <laughs> do on to others better than they do unto you. That will change the world. Yeah, because nice if you do mean to me, then I should do mean to you. No, no, no. Do onto others better than they do onto you. And then you'll watch universal shifts that happen in your life and your family and legacy. Things will become magical. And then everyone else will tell you it's bullshit. But actually, if anybody looks at my Facebook post, whenever this was done, I did a post pretty much saying I, I was supporting all the people of success and saying to them, I understand you're crapped on. I understand people don't believe you. I understand people want to, but they really admire you. And, and it's okay. Cause I'm cheering for you. So know in your life, you have at least one person that loves your success and can't wait to see the next level. Yeah. Awesome. Mike. Awesome. I, um, I want to wrap up because I know it's getting a little bit late for you there. I've got a yeah. few more questions for you. We're yeah. talking about books. Um, what are some of the books, some of the best books you've read? Or maybe a better question would be the books you reread. There's, there's only one book that I have been through five or six times. And it is a Napoleon Hill book and it's called Outwitting the Devil. Yeah. And it is the only book um, that I have ever went through more than once from front to back on audio, listening to it. My wife and I actually did a long trip, like 15 hour drive. We listened to the whole book and talked about it. And anybody who write, I told my wife, I want to do a book like this because I did 18 books now. I want to do a book that cannot get published till I'm dead and she's dead. That's the book. <laughs> and you got to think a guy that writes a book and says, you cannot publish it till I'm dead and my wife's dead. You got to think there's some pretty good stuff in there. And, and there is things in there that I believe, um, despite who knows if he's talking to the devil or his own consciousness or the upside and the downside. Um, I think it's a fascinating book that, 
can provoke awakenings no matter how many times you listen to it. And it's always my go-to if I'm driving and I'm like, oh, I want to listen to something. It's always my go-to to pick that one and listen to it again. So, yeah. Awesome, Mike. I was so, so interested in what your answer was there. That's that's cool. Second question, who's been your biggest influence on you? Big question, I know. Maybe it's not one person. Who's been yeah. a major well, positive big influence on you? I'm going to tell you something. Um, a lot of them are in the martial arts world. The The first one was after I got uh, – well, my first influence was an unknown. And, and let me share this with you. When I was 15, I bumped into a bunch of relatives in the mall. And they were – back then I had a cut-off jean shorts, a chain wallet, you know, combat boots, guinea tea because I'm Italian, you know, tattoo on my arm. And they were, they were, they didn't like, I was on my own at 15 and they said something to me. They said, you'll become like the rest of them. And that night when I was laying in my bed, um, my room was in a basement. There was no ceiling. It was just rafters, pipe and wires. And it was dark. And I don't know if you, anybody's listening. You ever been in a moment where it's so dark, you get creepy crawlers. Like you kind of feel like something's watching you. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing this over and over in my mind. You'll become like the rest of them you become. And then I heard this voice. I don't know if it's consciousness. I didn't believe it the first time. And it said, prove the world wrong. And I was like sitting there like, you know, there's no cell phones back then. No light. I'm looking for a flashlight. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, <laughs> what did I hear? And then I heard it distinctly, prove the world wrong. My whole life, that's what I've done. So that was my first, I don't know if it was my own consciousness, mind, call it whatever you want. The second one was after I got beat up by five gang members, I met my first martial arts instructor and he really took the role on as a mentor for a bunch of years But then after that, um, you know, I got a black belt, Taekwondo. I felt pretty good. But then I met a guy. His name was Chris Rossman. And he became my instructor for almost 19 years. And this guy was just phenomenal. Um, American guy, school teacher, would wear a sweater to school. You would think, what? But man, when I would train with him, I watched him one time cut a hornet out of the air with a sword. And he really taught me the way of thinking about energy, motion, mastery, strength, focus, discipline. And um, he's probably, I, I would say for a fact, one of the biggest influential mentors of my time was the 19 years with him. Um, he was so fascinating. Like when we would train, you know, one time it was summer and it was probably 105 outside. And one of the new students came in and said, oh, you know, sensei, they called him. Said, sensei, it's so hot out there. And he just looked with this crazy look and he said, oh, he walked out of the room and he came in with two kerosene heaters. And he, <laughs> them and he says, you don't know what hot is. And then we wanted to kill this guy. And we trained for 90 minutes while it was 105 outside with these burning old, you know, the old kerosene heaters with the metal if you hit it and they stink a black, burning in this little 20 by 20 uh, room. And then another time a guy came in and it was snowing out. 
and this stupid guy says, man, is it cold? We're outside, no tops on, no shoes on, in the snow, doing these power trainings, melting snow, and and literally learning how to become superhuman. So, yeah, I learned a ton from him. He was a big, uh, big influence uh, for me. I was going to say, Mike, and I promise I'm going to let you go, but, gee, this this is really good, is do you think your martial arts experience, your mentors, your sensors, that parallel, that world with your current world allowed you to access the higher level thinking that you have very ably demonstrated here? Yeah. Is somebody I've been asked before, if there's only one thing in your existence, if you had to pick one thing that created everything, I would tell you it's, it's martial arts. Um, it's been in my world. I don't know. And there's, there's a lot of martial arts. Like there, there is a form for everybody, every type, every condition. There's people with no arms and no legs that damn near do some form of martial arts. Like there's, there's a lot of forms of it. And, and because of that, I will tell you, it's the number one thing that has kept me anchored and, and it's helped me make really tough decisions. What I'm going to say now, I'm not saying cause I'm judging or I'm any better, but like mm-hmm. it kept me, I've never done drugs my entire life. I never drank alcohol my entire life. Um, I used to drink, I never did coffee, but I used to drink caffeine iced tea. I've been drinking caffeine in 16 years. I've been eating gluten in 16 years. And without that discipline, the focus, the conditioning, the mind and the ability to move forward, I don't think I would have created what I create. And everybody that I talk to that's done that, and it's been my my life. My both my kids did it. My son is he authored his first book when he was 19. He's 23 now. He's been training literally like the American Ninja. As a baby, I was moving his little hands, and he is he is my my toughest op- opponent. Like I, he is my he's the only one I fear. Like when we grapple or something it's him throwing me down and me slapping fast telling him he's gonna break my body i can only imagine like father like son i don't think the apple falls far from the tree as we say he's so so wise yeah so wise credit to you and jennifer that because that's one of the hardest jobs my last question for you mike i ask all my guests this if you have one piece of advice for people listening here knowing that they're you know, you know, you talk about your kind of your impact. My impact is to elevate the world's perception of rural sales professionals because if they can't look after farmers and serve the farmers, we don't make any food, right? Yeah. What would be your your one piece of advice for predominantly guys, but also girls as well listening to this? What would that one piece of advice be and why? Yeah. Every everything you need is within you now. You just have to be willing to find it all knowledge, all wisdom, all solutions. Um, you know, some of the greatest solutions came out of, and I think it was, uh, you know, this is such a great story for everybody here. Like think how many times you would try something before you quit, right? Would you do something, would somebody actually try planting something a hundred different ways before they quit? No. What about 500 ways? You know, the light bulb, Thomas Edison, he he tried to do that 9,999 times he failed. The 10,000th time he created light. 
you have to ask yourself a question there now. How, how too early are you quitting on things? And it's inside of you. The answer is inside of you. And I know every listener has woken up in the middle of the night with an idea, with a thought, with a new direction. And if you could just settle into yourself, give yourself just, just relax a little bit and just say to yourself, you're doing the best you can and go deep inside. There's a new answer inside for everybody. And, and you can live healthier. You can live happier. You can have the freedom you desire. You could have the life you desire and, and you want that because you, you want to know that you're working towards a legacy, whatever that legacy is, so that your word or wisdom or farming knowledge or ranching knowledge is going to be carried out, but not carried. I want people to say when for the listeners here that I want them to leave a message that a thousand years from now, you should not be doing it the same way. Because if you are, you're stuck. That's what I want them to consider. Awesome, Mike. We're going to leave it there, my friend. You've been super generous. Uh, an absolute gift. I've, I've loved this. Uh, this is not disappointed by any means. I've been looking forward to this one for a really, really long time. I'm so glad we managed to get you on. Um, I would encourage everyone to listen to this, and they might need to listen to it again, because do not underestimate there is a lot of wisdom that Mike's just shared here and uh, a lot to a lot to reflect and ponder on. So, Mike, my man, you've been a real gent and thank you for serving us and also giving us some, some wonderful tools. So I really, really appreciate it. Honored to serve and keep doing what you're doing because you're playing a nice part in the world and for these people and you're giving them hope and you should be honored about that. Thanks, Mike. Welcome. Hey you, hope you enjoyed that episode and you learned lots from it. It takes a bit of work to get these wonderful human beings and guests onto the show who share their knowledge with you freely and generously, so it kind of makes sense for me to ask a tiny, tiny favour in return, and that is to rate, subscribe or share this podcast whenever you get time or whenever you can with friends, family, colleagues, neighbours or anyone in your network that you think might benefit from listening to it like you might have. The reason for my request here, guys, is simple, and it's because you and I can only elevate and, more importantly, improve the world's perception of rural sales reps and get you and them the results and respect all of you deserve when we get this podcast and its content out to a bigger and wider audience. And that's the reason I created this podcast. That's the reason I put all the energy, effort, and time into it. So it would mean the world to me, and I'd appreciate you doing that very much. As you know, I've got nothing to sell you here and I don't want to include any advertising that might affect your listening or learning experience. And and I appreciate you investing your time with me and my guests on this show because I know you've got a ton of other options where you're spending and investing your precious and valuable time. So the fact that you choose to spend it with me and my guests is something I'm very, very grateful for. So thank you for doing that and thank you for sharing this show with others.